Welcome to 3 In, 3 Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast. On 3 In, 3 Out, we like to dive deep into the micro moments of the game, the nooks and crannies, if you will, because that's what fanatics do. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me on Twitter at Clinton Bonner. And I'm joined by the great Brandon Schultz and find him at Seahawkers Pod on Twitter. All right, Flock, let's dive into the sober yin and raging yang that is three in, three out. Go Hawks. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast out there. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. I am joined by the one, the only, he's still great despite our performance, Brandon Schultz. Brandon, we fall to our rivals 30 to 20. We take an early, ugly exit from the 2020 season, now 2021 playoffs, and we're sent packing in what is certainly one of the more depressing and downtrodden losses uh, uh, for, uh, since my Seahawks fandom. However, we're here to talk about the ins, the outs, the nitty gritty, the nooks and cranes like we do every week, Brandon. So I'll kick it to you. How you doing today, Brandon? I am doing okay. It is one thing about you know having to get on the microphone and and really talk through things that can help, yeah, you know, like you said, compartmentalize things and and just maybe put things in perspective because you you do have to think about it in a way to to be able to you know speak at least somewhat clearly on it. I, I don't know how well I'm doing with that right now, but you know I I hear what you're saying because after the game, and I, I know a lot of people felt this way. Because I had uh, Dookie Bear at Permadude on Twitter tweet at me saying, worst playoff loss in franchise history. It's like, well, you know, we did Meh. lose two Super Bowl games. So those, yeah. those to me, felt worse than this particular one. But early exits are tough. It's definitely not something that we're used to. I, I mentioned it on the recap show with Mookie and John that in the Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson era, this is just the second time. Well, even in the Pete Carroll era, this is just the second time that they've gone out in a wild card loss. And to do it at home, th- this would be the first time in that case, because the last time was down in Dallas. So it's tough when you go into a game, especially expecting to get the win. And, you know, when you see Jared Goff and his thumb, that's one and a half times its normal size. Yeah, you expect to win the game. Yeah, you you do, and and we'll and we agreed uh, today. I was uh, you know hitting you up on uh, on Messenger that we'll do like a three i three o season recap and really dive into all that. And the the big feeling right now, though, that is not about the entire season, but it is it's about how we exit and how we exit it with such a whimper, like no no chance, no 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 guster, no no momentum. Never felt like we were in it past the you know past halftime essentially. And the way in which we exit just leaves, for me, it leaves more, more of a clouded uncertainty than I felt in, in the last decade, essentially, right? It's just, it's so uncertain, or at least, at least the last nine years after Wilson became the starter in 2012. It's the most clouded offseason, which, you know what, that actually might end up being kind of fun, right? It's, it's, like, it's, it's not going to be predictable. We could expect some wrinkles. We'll see what happens in the offseason. But it is very, right now, murky and sullen. And you know what? I'll speak for myself, Brandon. I'm not quite sure who we are at this point as a football team. These are definitely things that we will all discuss in the offseason. And yes, for the recap show that you have planned for three in, three out, this is a great topic to look at that. As we look back at the past season, 
So we we can save it for there. You know, it, this is you know you and me right now, Clinton. This is like major league announcer Harry Doyle looking at the box score and and saying that's all we got. One catfish damn hit. That's yeah. catfish damn on the radio. Nobody's listening anyway. Yeah, and the the one the one piece I will start out with before we get to the ins and the outs and, and everything is is the idea that after this game we kind of close down we say we say some you know thank yous and goodbyes to each other and of course we'll all be hanging out in in discord we'll be hanging out in the Seahawks Ring of Honor Seahawks podcast Ring of Honor I should say and Twitter everywhere else um it's just that we then had to put the Tampa Bay game on and the Washington football team game on and it was like oh that's what competency looks like from an, from an offensive perspective they were fluid and you got a dude you got a dude in Brady who is you know a decade senior than than Wilson and you got a dude in I think I think you pronounce it Heineke is basically a decade junior of Wilson and they're moving the about, ball up and I, down. I think he's about five years so half a decade okay a half a decade there you go half a decade of decadence for 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 Heineke there but they're moving the ball and they're fluid and they look like professional football teams and and the, then we had what we had it was just it was frustrating and again with three and three out there there are some good moments to peel out that we'll we'll get into however we lose we got to start on the on the dumb side of the ledger the sober yin and we might as well face the music and get to that first out let's start with the band-aid ripping so we know there was a lot to hate in this game at and peeling out three micro moments is not even that difficult. You could just put them into a grab bag and pull them on out. You're, you're going to have plenty of moments that you can go to. The one that was the most emblematic of this game, and then really for just chunks of the season for me, Brandon, it's 20 to 13. We, I, we always, I mean, we look at the final score, right? And we're like, oh, you know, we score a garbage touchdown. It was really 30 to 13. We get, we get within, get within 10, quote unquote, doing air quotes there. But for chunks of this game, we're like a player two away, which we could just never get any chunk plays um, away from getting back in it. The play I want to circle uh, that I already circled is it's that first and 25, right? Late quarter three, we had that five yard illegal man downfield followed up by a holding, which was all an all day affair. Let's let's be very honest about that. No conspiracy theories. We were holding blatantly all day long, but we're in a first and 25. We've got to move the friggin' ball. And at that point, we whip out the draw to, I think it was to Carson on first and 25. And it was just so just mind boggling and deflating. I know the shots downfield are not working. I, I've watched the entire game. We'll, we'll talk more about that. I promise you I have more about that. But the first and 25 draw deep in our zone when we're only down seven, it's just it, it, after the five-yard penalty, 10-yard penalty, it was just like a, a, a self-inflicted dagger, and it killed me, Brandon. I'm a little bit surprised that this is where you went with the first out, just because by this point in the third quarter, I mean, you had after the field goal to open up the third quarter. And the only reason they got that was because of an outstanding play. Maybe we'll talk about it. But after that, the drives had been terrible. I mean, a, a six play drive, a three and out. And I guess at that point, maybe it was because they, they got a first down, but then the back-to-back -back penalties, I was so expecting after two back-to-back -back penalties by Disley, the holding by Posick, that we would see three give up plays and that maybe they'd be runs. 
Maybe they'd be little short passes, but I was absolutely expecting that to happen at that point, just down seven. They were. It was like they were going to be content being down seven until they got to the fourth quarter. Yeah, I know. I think. I think actually, that's what crystallizes it for me. Right, the entire game, I was sitting there going, Pete, you're getting what you want. Like this, hey Pete, you're you're basically going to get what you want here. You want that tight, tight game where. You know, one one or two chunk plays later, and we could tie it up, or we can take the lead late in the fourth quarter. Like if that's what you want, that's what you profess. You're shaping up for this, so it's not it's not that I was surprised by it. It wasn't like oh my gosh, I'm gonna throw my you know throw a beer through through the TV type surprise. It was more just like disgusted and like hurt, like like emotionally dinged. Like come on, if you could pick one play that made you feel that way, it was this play that kind of encompassed the whole game. Like that that's why it fits right here. That's why it is the centerpiece of this agony is what is the symphony of, uh, you know, just uh, de- deconstruction here. It, it is it is the entire, again, emblematic of, of where we went wrong in so many ways as well. So and again, I know we'll talk quite a bit more about o- other ways in which we could have approached this game a little bit differently. And I do have an out coming up that I think we'll, we'll just we'll kind of put a put a little light on, on a, diff- a different side of this conversation but this one for me just was like it was like it was like the knife was already in. It wasn't like this was the last straw or wow, this was this was like a backstab. It wasn't like that. It was like we were already in pain. And this was a turning, turning of a really serrated knife. It was like, oh, come on, after the after the self-inflicted mistake. So just not giving ourselves a chance to at all be dynamic. And we've again, a little bit of a broken record. We've heard this a lot in the second half of the season. It is what it is. I'm going to put that first out right there, right there. And shoddy, he could own it first and 25, have some friggin' marbles. That was a disgusting call in my, in my book. Over to the inside of the ledger we go, Brandon. Okay. You know, there's this is going to be a little bit, little bit more crannier, a little than, bit thin on the inside of the ledger this week, huh? Little thin, little thin. This is what happens when you lose thirty to twenty, and it actually feels a lot worse than that because it was. I do want to give. I mean, I'll start early. It's a three-three ball game. Eight minutes to go in the in the second quarter. It's a third and two, and then you see Bobby Wagner kind of just doing Bobby things early in the game. Bobby was like all world for like the first, first, for my opinion, at least the first like quarter and a half. And in this particular play, he kind of does just old school Bobby, shifts right, finds acres in the backfield, big tackle for the loss, and the Rams have to settle for another field goal in that situation. And it, it puts him up six to three. We're hanging tough at, at this part of the game. To me, Wagner, especially early on, before, before the, the run defense just got in my opinion, worn down. Uh, it, it it was reminiscent of old school Bobby. And when you had Bobby playing pretty well and KJ still doing his thing and Brooks still showing up, there were elements where I was like, man, we're still quite a freaking formidable linebacking core. So we didn't talk a lot about Wagner's entire year, but I think at this point he had like eight or nine tackles through, through that point of the, the second quarter, like pretty much midway through the second quarter. So Want to give some love to, to Bobby Wagner. Dude doesn't get it that much on three in, three out. Tough game overall with run defense. And yet, I still think Wagner, at least for the first half of the game, stood out and jumped up, jumped off the page the way he has done throughout 
what has been a ridiculously great Hall of Fame career. Yeah, I think this was the point in the game, Clinton, where I sent a message to you and I, well, we were chatting in the Discord and I asked you, how many times do you have Bobby Wagner on the inside of the ledger at this point? Because yeah. I had three. I had the second and 10 screen that was stopped by yes. Wagner on the on the very first drive by the Rams. I had another second and 10 stuff by Wagner on the Rams. Let's see. It was maybe their third drive. And then, yes, there was that third and two stop that made him kick the field goal. So that was three that I, I legit had. And I thought maybe there was another one in there, too, because he was all over the field. Yeah, he was he was like not that he's like the old, you know, Bobby Wagner, but this was like the the fountain of youth Bobby Wagner was like he was the dude who was standing out. That second and 10 for that first drive by the Rams where it is a five man blitz too. It's a they, they we send five guys, but Wagner and Adams double team, they both beat their guy and they just put him into third and long and then Wolford makes a bad pass and then they got a punt right away. First drive. First drive I'm like man be- beautiful. I'm not sure if we deferred or if the Rams asked for the ball. I don't even know, but I know I know we kicked yeah, off. Yeah, we deferred. And we deferred. Okay, that's that's fine. And I I was like, man, that is a way to make a statement with the with the with the opening. You know, your, your opening defensive uh, series, and they were setting the tone early, like very early. That that was ours. And one thing I will say is about Adams too. I mean, I know the dude was all banged up, and and I heard a lot of talk about like how Adams really hurt the team like by playing and also that maybe Adams is like somehow, somehow isn't, isn't like a good fit for this team and this scheme. I don't know, Brandon, I just don't get it. I, I actually, you know, I heard quite a bit of that. Some of that in the, in the post game show you did uh, last night, but also seeing some of that out on, out on Twitter, like, Oh, now all of a sudden we overpaid for this guy. Well, Meanwhile, it, was, he did it. it was two big plays in particular that he was a part of on defense. It was the, the one play downfield to cup for 44 yards. And then it was a pretty poor job trying to tackle on that third and nine where they picked up like 44 yards on the little dump yeah. off pass to acres. So I, I think it was those two big plays in particular that were on Adams. But I, I saw him do a couple nice things, too, in this game. There was I think it was coming out right after the half or or maybe even right before the half where uh yeah, it was right after the Seahawks got the field goal. The, the first drive after that, it went back to the Rams. You had Adams with a pass breakup on second down. And then you had the Jaron Reed sack that was on third down. And a big part of that was because of Havenstein. He was more concerned with Adams coming on the outside. And that just left that lane open right to Jared Goff or Jaron Reed to take him down. So th- there was a couple plays right there where I thought, oh, OK, well, you know, this is why Adams is out there. Yeah, and I think that, and I think my 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 anger, if you will, was listening back on some some of folks's take on Adams wasn't just about this game because you're it, hey you're one hundred percent correct that ball on cup where where he kind of just falls backwards falls on his seat doesn't get a hand on it huge play the missed tackle on Acres huge play we'll talk about that in a second kind of those chunk plays but or the end for me is like but when when you're talking about him not being a big contributor and not fitting our scheme. And like, what are we going to do next year? Should we even resign the guy? It's like, wait a second, guys. Like if that dude's healthy and you got digs and, you know, and, and you have this, this defense that I think is actually quite good. Well, this is a great topic for the, for the season, you know, the season recap. I just, you know, just yeah, pay, pay that guy, get him back next year, get him healthy, and then start to do even more creative things around that guy. Because once we had Dunlap in there and and Jared Reed had his counterpart in Dunlap, 
This was a much better defense all all year long. And yeah, sure, they gave gave up 30, but no, they didn't. They gave up 23. And we're going to talk about this chunk plays a little bit later for sure. So just want to bring that to light because I'm hearing a lot of yammered about Adams isn't a good fit. Now, now all of a sudden we overpaid, but two weeks ago, it was the steal of the century. Come on. I agree. In to Bobby Wagner. <laughs> Wunderbar. You know, on three and three out, we're all about the numerics, Brandon. We like the numerics, we like to throw it out there and talk through them and, and, and the meaning behind them. So this sometimes I like to quiz you right on the fly and, and put them out there and see, see if you could pick up what I'm putting down. So I've got two numbers for you. You ready? Let's do it. Clear the brain. Clear the brain. The, the first number is 16. Uh-huh. Okay. First 16. The second number is 28. Okay. Do you do you know where I'm going with these two numbers for our second? I, I go to Laka and Ugo Amati because those are their jersey numbers. That's you know you you want the the literal path there and in the choose your own, if this was a choose your own adventure book this is like when you got stabbed by thirty two daggers and oh no you, you're dead this is the yeah, wrong wrong choice but you get to flip back and try again so I, I could either offer you a second try or just kind of tell you what page to turn it's, to. it's a good thing I put my thumb in the page so I can have a, a second chance because as soon as I saw that image I, I knew I had to flip back to the the previous page sixteen and twenty eight. Yes, 16 on one side, 28 on the other. How about if I, oh, you know what? While the, this, no, oh, I know, this, I know the answer. You go. This okay. has got to be rushing attempts for our, our main, the, the workhorse backs for each team. This is exactly it. And I want to further this by saying if you carry the numerics forward, okay, acres, 133 yards on 28, 4.7 yards per carry, okay. Carson, 77 on 16. Oh, 4.8 yards per carry. Very similar YPC results there. However, what happened is McVeigh and the Rams decided to run the friggin' ball so much more than, than, than the Seahawks did. And I think it's also because they got some of those chunk plays you were talking about earlier, right? They were able to get some of those breakaway 40-yard plays, which we really only had one of those, to the, the DK touchdown being really the only the only big play that I can remember. Maybe there was another, um, or it, probably too late if it was. It just was a, seemingly to me, a philosophy of, of who's going to be getting the ball for the most touches. And when Wilson is so just, you know, he just wasn't good. There's no, there's no other way to slice this. It's likely shoddy. It's likely scheme. It's definitely got to be owned by some Wilson. There's some drops in there. There's, there's a whole bunch of crap in that blender, Brandon. But in that crap blender is there was not enough Carson once again in a game where, you know, I wanted to see a Derrick Henry-esque workload and, and not the Derrick Henry of today who just lost to the Ravens. But Give that dude high 20s. Give that guy 32 friggin' attempts and just see if he can go toe-to-toe. We didn't get anywhere close to it. And I think you did a great job with Mookie and John on your recap show when you talked about our inability to really run the ball on second down at all, at all during the game. So I'll throw that out to you. It stood out to me. Yes, it wasn't the inability to run the ball on second down. It was that they didn't run the ball on second down because when they actually did... They were four positive gains with Chris Carson. He had a 10-yard run on second and eight. 
He had a seven yard run on second and 10. He had another six yard run on second and six that went for a first down. And you had the one 14 yard run where they were backed up on the one yard line where you had Russell Wilson out blocking for him. That was on second down. That made a third down more manageable. I, I don't know if you throw that play in there necessarily, but all of his runs for positive yardage when he was in there was on second down. And then all of the other plays that were on second down, you had one really, really good one, the 51-yard touchdown pass to DK. You had one really, really bad one, the 42-yard interception return, throwing it out to DK. Yeah. And, and just running down the list here, I think there was only one other pass to DK Metcalf that actually converted on second down. So it was absolutely atrocious. I don't know if I can go down the list and, and say that Russ was, you know, uh, three of, of 12 or whatever, but that feels like about right just looking at the list. So on second down, this was the place where they could have gotten Carson extra carries, and I think it would have resulted in them moving the ball a lot better. When when was their first third down conversion? I think that was like late third quarter. It was. I think it, was it was after like the half. Mid- yeah, oh, it was way, yeah, it was definitely after the half. I remember tweeting about, you know, can, can you convert a first down the first quarter? Can you convert a first down the second quarter? You know, a little tongue-in-cheek, but but not really. And it just seemed that we had way more of an opportunity here than we took advantage of to impose our will to, and you know, and if, if, hey, if we want to go play peat ball on a day where, and frankly, a half a season where Russ has just been off and the offense is just not clicking, man, oh man, like we had the opportunity to lean on Carson. And really, again, we can look at this in the season recap a bit too, because Carson is going to be hitting free agency. So we got to figure out what are we going to do with this guy? The big thing for me is, even when he returned healthy, we never gave him that status of like, you're going to get the ball 25 plus times. And we're going to, you, you are going to touch this ball up to 30 times this game. We're going to ride or die with you. It would have been a perfect opportunity to do it yesterday. We didn't do it. And it's just, and it's just, it's, it's a shame because Cam Akers today is getting all the glory besides the defensive line of the Rams. Akers is getting all the glory. Goff with his 1.5 X thumb. Couldn't throw the ball really worth a lick. Okay, so Goff and Wilson pretty much pretty much the same quarterback, like, you know, besides the chunk plays, but for the most part, which is sad for Wilson, but basically they were kind of the same dude yesterday. Great. They both were un- under, you know, subpar. Cool. Carson was just as good as Akers. Akers just got the freaking ball more. This was my frustration with this game more than anything else is because going into this postseason, how many times can you look back and say we had a healthy Chris Carson? Because even I'm I'm trying to think back to the Dallas postseason, and I, I do remember them. You know, maybe Carson was healthy in that offseason. It was just that they ran the ball and, and it was so ineffective that they needed to switch away from it early. And so I was a little bit more optimistic going into this offseason that here we would have another healthy Chris Carson for a playoff run. And I didn't see him use him enough. Yeah, and we'll have to we'll have to kind of just let that one marinate over the over the offseason and we got to figure out what are we doing there because hey, Penny got dinged this week again, right? His knee flared up in, in some way. Are we are we really going to go into an offseason and, and and just be like, well, it's probably Penny, like I, I don't know. I I haven't I you know I've been a critic of the guy. I haven't seen enough from him. Hide for me. That that could be a one and done as far as I'm concerned. Like, you know, th- thank you for your service. Have a nice rest of your career somewhere. Have a good day. It's it's for me, hopefully still the Carson show. We'll get into that when we hit the uh when we hit the season recap 
But today it's a little, I mean, Carson's my dog, you know, Lock, Lockett and Carson are my guys. And when they just, they're, they're not used enough. Well, I'm going to be a little, I'm going to be a little sullen. It's, it's what's going to happen. This is when Clinton throws his hissy fit. But you know what? The good news is, is that when we have these shows, when we start with an out, it means we have, we can take a break, Clinton, and we can finish this off with two ins. Let's do it. Yeah. Two out of three ain't bad, except for when you lose. We are back from the break. I hope everybody hydrated, maybe stretched a little bit, decompressed a bit more from, from this uh, from this this loss. This is what it is. It's pretty much an ass whooping at the hands of our our rivals, thirty to twenty to the Rams. Go everybody else but the Rams. Rest of the way, in fact, probably go Bills. I mean, who's who's not rooting for the Bills at this point? If you if if your team's out of it, right? They're they're fun. Go Bills. With that, I want to give a little bit of love. I know that the man took some heat. So on that DK wide receiver screen, this guy, number 18, took a lot of heat for not getting to his blocker, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, you could also not throw the ball there. You could also not call that call there just because you're, you know, your wide receiver is slamming his helmet, which I don't mind. I don't mind a dude getting fired up. So I'm not going to talk, uh, you know, I'm not going to disdain Freddie Swain. And go back, to go, back go, to a theme that I've harped on before. As the receiver, you could also move toward the ball. Yes, you had brought that bit. Not just sit there on your back, on your back heels, right? Like you're doing squats. You could just move towards the ball and and at the very least, maybe disrupt the uh, inter- the interception that would have been there or make a tackle, right? A couple of things that could have been there. So I'm not going to harp or disdain on sweaty, Freddie Swain. Going to go with just a clean, crisp, easy in. I know we're down 17. I know it's, you know, pretty much some garbage time. However, that toe drag swag that Nate Burleson says so elegantly and easily, apparently, that is some beautifulness along the sidelines. It was actually one of the better balls of the day. Swain pirouettes in midair. He just, I mean, that's a getting his feet down the way he did. If folks had checked out by the time this game was over, go back and just watch that Swain play. It's the fourth quarter, but it is a it's just so nicely done in a game where there's not a lot to love, Brandon. I love that that in. I love that effort. And he came down with it. It's just a beautifully executed reception. So, Freddie Swain, good on you. A decent rookie season for you, man. Let's see what you can do next year as well. In a game where we saw four drops, three of them from the tight ends, it was especially great to see Freddie Swain get this reception on the sideline. It didn't even look like, you know, when he caught it, you're like, oh, gosh, did, yeah. are, are we sure that he got this? And sure enough, you go back, you look at it, and yes, the the toes get down. It's that toe drag swag moment, and nice to see that from Freddie Swain because we could be looking for him as our number three next year. Uh, you know, something's got to give, right? We 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 can't go through half a season where we just where it just kind of all shuts down offensively, and something has to has to change. Can Swain be that? kind of quick guy can he can he be more of a slot guy do we have to go out and just go get ourselves a legit slot guy again we got a lot to talk about in that season recap for now taking that beautifulness by freddie that's a great job and and with when there's not a lot to celebrate at least we can look at that and say all right freddie dude you you did not not just your job you went above and beyond that's a beautiful play dude congrats on to the last out we go, Brandon. All right. Well, last out of the 2020 season. Well, we'll it, it, you know, you know, we like to get into the into the nooks. We, everybody listening to three and three out, you know, we like the crannies. 
this gentleman has been a revelation this year. This guy has been really, really good for us this year. I'm not going to talk about DJ Reed's fumble on the punt return. That happens. It shouldn't happen. You got to protect the ball. That was that was the the straw that broke the uh, the Seahawk back there. I, I am going to talk about. It's 20 to 13, third quarter, about 6.30 to go, and we're getting the ball back, and we've got the momentum because we just stopped him again. This is after another Dunlap bat down. By the way, Dun finally, we got somebody on the D-line who could come over and just get his hands up at the right time. We just don't do that that often, but Dunlap sure does. So really nice to see. So it was after another, another bat down, which is like in a momentum way, just like a peg below the sack, right? The, the bat down rejection is just one little peg below getting, getting that third down sack. It's lovely. It's just as effective, especially on third down. We get the ball back. They punt. And in this instant, Reed lets the ball bounce and lets it bounce twice. And we give up like 12 or 15 yards. I didn't go back and watch it, but I remember it being somewhere in the 12 to 15 yard range. And it was just one of those things where I love seeing Reed back there. I think Reed has been a very, very good punt returner and clearly a good, you know, he's got, she's got chops on kickoff. This was no time, zero time to, to not have the marbles, to not have the, the cojones to run up and get the ball in a little bit of traffic because yards were so freaking hard to get in this game. It hits, it takes a stupid bounce. Maybe it's 12 or 15 yards. And for me, I'm like, oh man, Reed, I hate to do it to you, dude, last out of the season, but that is a big scarlet O. He had to do better there. Yes, the, the yards were precious. They got backed up once again on back-to-back -back penalties on this next drive. That was a drive where, where they actually got a first down running the ball three straight times. And so let, let's just leave it at there and out. DJ Reed, uh, it stinks that you have to wear it to be the last one, especially with a great season. But uh, I, I understand. Yeah, and we'll, and again, we got this. We'll have our beautiful three in, three out season recap. And I can almost guarantee we'll talk about DJ Reed, right? DJ Reed, if you look, you look at the ledger for his personal sheet and what he brought to the team this year, that dude is a big time, big time net positive. And if we go into next year and he's one of our two starting cornerbacks and he's returning punts for us, he's maybe returning kickoffs for us. Hey, I'm okay with that as of right now. I think, I think the dude has earned at least the opportunity to do all those things for us in the 2021 season. So let's take that last out and let's at least massage it a bit into the future and say, DJ, hell of a season, dude. Good job. Okay, Brandon, let's end this 2020, you know, uh, this this voyage we've been on together. It was a fun season. We do go 12 and 4. We get this early exit. It stinks that we got to end with an in that's not a brand in. It's just a regular old in, which means we lost. It means we're going home. Another dude we, I'm sure we'll talk about in the season recap. However, simply put, when you nail a 50-yarder, when you nail a 52-yarder, and when you make a nice tackle on, on Ooh, the kickoff, yeah. you got you got Myers has got to get the love. We don't talk about Myers that that much, even in a show where we get into the nooks and crannies. Myers did, and, may, and maybe some of this, Brandon, is just like the whole year he's been freaking excellent and really ought to have been all pro. Got to give that last end to Myers because, heck, 
What, what is three, three in, three out for if not to talk about the kicker? Come on. Got to talk about the kicker. Got to talk about Jason Myers. And yes, you know, I was thinking all of the good things of, of him hitting a 52-yarder in this game, continuing that perfect streak. He ends his season with a, a perfect streak of field goals. He gets to pick that back up again next year in the regular season for Seattle. So that is good news, too. And then, yeah, when you when you throw in that tackle, by Myers where he's just helmet right to the stomach. And, you know, cause usually when you see kickers making the tackle, it's pushing a guy out of bounds who just got a little too close to the boundary or, you know, gets the, the swats at the ankle as he's falling to the ground, as it gets beat. And it's kind of feels like a lucky shot. No Myers put his helmet down, got his shoulder into the dude and took him down. Although he, he carried him a little bit uh, that, down the field, okay. but yes, he, he was, he was in Listen, position. Yeah. If Myers was allowed to like, you know, kick the guy, then he probably wouldn't have went anywhere. <laughs> he would have just, you just would have Cobra kite him backwards five yards. And that would have been that, but I you think know, that's frowned upon in the can't NFL. Do that. Yes. Yeah. It's not allowed there. There's, there's, you know, there's mercy in the NFL dojo apparently. And so it couldn't happen there, but it was a great, I mean, frankly, that's a great form tackle. Also, that's right after we got the momentum back, right? We give up the stupid play to end the first the first half with the Acres 40-something yard escape down the sideline. They get the late touchdown to go up 20 to 10. Would have been a, you know, 13 to 10 at that game. I would have signed for that the way the game started, but no, it's 20 to 10. We get a great return from Reed. We only get three, but we get three. And it's like only a minute and a half. Of like, holy crap, we just got three points in like. 90 yeah, seconds. get a three and out, cool. turn this around, and then get a touchdown, and, the, and this is a tie game. Yeah, and away we go. Of course, it doesn't go that way, but when but three and three outs is not is not always about looking at the next and the next and what happened after. It is about the moment, and in that moment, you know, Myers made a great tackle that you know if they break it right there, heck, then, then away they go, and it's a blowout way sooner than it ended up being. So. Let's end with the, the good vibes, the good Hawker, and Jason Myers taking that last in. He could celebrate that. We won't have an MVC this week. You know, winners get sprinkles, and, and we didn't win. We won't have a brand in this week because, once again, you don't put a cherry on top of your Sunday unless, unless you get to eat the darn thing. And right now, we're dishing it out. We're not, we're, not, we're not ingesting Sundays. In fact, there's no more Sundays for us for quite a while, Brandon. Going to cry about that a little bit. However... There's one section we will we will never give up on. We're full of them this week. The good, the bad, the ugly. Brandon, what section's coming up next? Let's get to it from the flock. Let's get to that from the flock. Let's hear what you had to say. Here we go, Clinton, closing this out, our from the flock segment. If you want to be part of the flock, we aren't going to be doing the discord in the offseason. That's an in-season thing only. But you know what? The discord's not going away. So if people want to hop in there and chat in the offseason... We'll probably do some off-season chats come time for maybe the first day of free agency. Of course, during the draft, we'll be there, even though there's not a whole lot of draft choices. But hey, we will be there through the off-season intermittently, and we will also be in our Facebook Ring of Honor group if you want to be part of that. The Facebook group, you can join at $12 and above at GetInTheFlock.com if you want to be a part of the Discord. $3 and above gets you in there. And Clinton, we are rolling into it. Let's start with an out. It's feeling this way. It's an outworthy day. Mm -hmm. Let's start with Mark Dolphin, who is in the Facebook Ring of Honor group, says out. Russ, can we trade him to Jacksonville? Yeah, and I know. I know. I am hoping there's some tongue and cheekness there, and there was. There's also a lot of hyperbole about um 
about Russ being maybe, you know, maybe completely broken. I hinted at it earlier that we're entering this offseason and it's definitely the most cloudy I've ever felt as a Seahawks fan since Russell Wilson, you know, took the helm. I'll leave it out. I'll leave it there, Brandon, for our three and three out season recap and just say, no, we won't turn, <laughs> we won't turn to Jacksonville. However, there is some splaining to do. So we got Christopher Rolfe. He goes by the Beast Mode with the Beast Mode 24 with the four as the A and the whole thing already in the Discord. He's also out on Twitter. He's got out. Adams has got to deflect that pass to Cup. He goes, I mean, Cooper Cup. Sorry, because you got to call the guy Cooper Cup. We talked about that play. Rams got the chunk plays. Seahawks did not. They ran the ball more and we lost. Right hand Dan in the Discord gives an in to Carlos Hyde, throwing the block on that touchdown pass to DK Metcalf. Yeah, it wasn't the the best block, but it was just enough time as Russ was rolling out of the pocket that he could get the ball downfield to DK. I had some issues with Carlos Hyde this year. He was an okay, you know, like a an okay or right, Carson's out type guy. I actually had that play on my inside the ledger. We just didn't get to it. I wanted to give the love to Myers instead. It was between those two, you know. Hyde did a nice job to get back in that play. He really had to circle back quite a bit and just got enough in the way so that Russ had a half a second more and it resulted in that big play. So I, I like the call out there, right hand Dan. Another call out by Design Pete's Beach House, who of course is Amy in the Discord. She's also feeling B-Wags, saying, B-Wags, have it a day, showing why he's all pro. I agree. The dude was shining, especially the first half of that game. Neil's coming in at N Hearton on Twitter, coming in for the first time. Says out. See, that's just <laughs> going to be a rolling gag now, Nils. You're just going to have to deal with it. Out watching Heineke making plays we neither call nor would be able to execute today. Next, we got Derek W0. Derek Williamson out on Twitter. The other way to come at us, right? Your hashtag 3i3o. We won't be doing that too much. That Those are 3i3o is we'll do a couple throughout the offseason, but really it's it's the moments throughout throughout the 16, hopefully 17, hopefully 18, hopefully next year into the 19 and 20 weeks that we'll get of Seahawks football. But Derek says, as much as I like three points, I really want to see Pete go for it on fourth and one at the third yard line. Be more aggressive out. We didn't talk about that, Brandon. What were you thinking about that play? There were a couple fourth and ones in this game that I thought they could have gone for. The one that I felt the most strongly about was the first one where they kicked a Jason Myers 50 yard field goal. Because I was like, okay, go for it. You just had, Russell Wilson ran to the right, got five yards, almost, you know, he's reaching out to try and pick it up, go for it here. And then they trot out Jason Myers. And I was like, oh, it's only 50 yards. Okay, well, that's fine. It ties up the game. But then I think the one that people may have had the, the biggest problem with was, you know, just being inches short on the third and one play right before the, there was about a minute and a half to go. And they were they were at their own 34 yard line. So if you don't get it there, then you're setting the Rams up for another score, potentially right before halftime when you're already down 20 to 10. So that one, I could see why they would go ahead and do it. But it it definitely hurt. It, it felt like you got to pick that one up on third down. It was Carlos Hyde that just ran into a brick wall. Mm -hmm. And I don't think in that situation you could really afford to go for it and you still had the entire second half. So you don't want to dig yourself too big of a hole, but if it's the first one where they had the 50 yard field goal, I, I definitely felt that one in the moment. Well, Derek, you're going to have to tell us on Twitter, which one, it, which one it was. And we'll figure that out. I'm going to keep on rolling. Brandon, we got Schmick Mickey swank out on Twitter. He goes out. Russ's slow decision-making. He's taking too many sacks. He's taking, you know, too long to, to choose where he's going with it. 
you know, love, he says, I love him, but it's getting very annoying. And, you know, this I think is going to be the topic of the off season is like, what, what happened to Russell Carrington Wilson? This literally was two different halves of football. And I don't mean 30 minutes, 30 minutes. I mean, eight weeks, eight weeks. We saw the clear cut front runner. And then we saw a dude who could not manufacture a drive all in one season. Talk about sober yin, raging yang. Brandon, help me take it somewhere else. Well, let's talk about the real winner this week because it was B-Wag's biceps in. I got a bit too drunk and slept through most of the game. You know what? That's probably the best move any of us could have made. Of course, I would not want to do that. I've actually made a ritual of like cracking my first beer, like after the after kickoff, mm. just it just has become like this thing that, that I now do. I thought for sure it was good luck. Turns out didn't matter at all. But but uh, you know, but it seeming seems like, you know, doing the old I've got to fly halfway across the globe, something get tanked and sleep the whole way would have been better for us this time. Let's talk about gameplay. We got Gamer Hawk out on the Discord. He has the out for DK throwing the fit and making Russell force a ball. So I'm going to have to take a look at a pushback a little bit here and say, listen, A, I don't mind DK getting upset. I don't mind, you know, DK is a prideful young man and folks are out there saying Jalen Ramsey's shutting him down. Well, maybe so, maybe not. We saw later in the game where DK had a wide receiver screen where I don't, Brandon looked to me like, that was actually pretty well set up. Russ looks right at him and then turns away and checks it down the other way or tries to. It's, I, I don't know. It was like Russ, and talk about Russ forcing a ball. Again, maybe so, maybe not. Bad play call. They jumped it. But I don't know. How'd you feel about DK when, when he was starting to kind of get a little, get a little frustrated on the sideline? What were you feeling? I try not to make judgments unless I can hear the actual audio. If I hear the mic'd up, for that, then I can tell because on the Seahawkers podcast with Adam, we were calling for guys to show more emotion on the sideline. So I'm not going to crack a guy for for being emotional if if that's what it needs to motivate the team. If he's motivating the team, it's one thing. If he is saying me, 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 get me the ball, completely different thing. So without that audio, it's tough to judge. Yeah, we'll have to roll back the videotape on that one, see where it is. And again, we uh, unfortunately have a long, long off season to talk about it. So watch, take the next one, Brandon. What do you got queued up? Pietro B89 in the Discord gives an end to Jordan Brooks, who has shown the potential to be Bobby's successor, an end to his blood pressure for getting back down to normal eventually, and an end to Jason Myers and Michael Dixon killing it this season, but an out to Shotty and Pete for making no adjustments to try and salvage this game when they had the chance. Yep. I'll just say yep to a <laughs> lot of that. I think that's what the poop emoji was signified at the end of that uh, as well. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Deservingly so. A little, a little poop right on top of that. This is not poop, though. We got Jamie W2. I'm not sure if that's like he's saying like, hey, I'm, I'm a full, you know, I'm like a full-time employee. I have a job, Jamie <laughs> I, W2. I don't know. Maybe, hey, maybe bragging so, maybe not. about a job. That is something that you can do right now. Yeah. You say, hey, listen, I've, I've got work and I've got a W2 to prove it. But he does give the in. We talked about it earlier. It says Dunlap for batting down more passes than Goff had completions, you know, almost. And and also we did talk about that briefly. Dunlap was a was more than just a breath of fresh air. Dunlap was a game changer. He was the catalyst to get this to get this defense into a completely different trajectory. And he's one of the only dudes I've seen really in the Pete Carroll era who likes to get his hands up and knock the ball down on third down. So loving that. I'm loving the fact that Kenneth Reyes has given himself an end for this game. He's saying, I did everything I could on my end to help us win. We all have our game day rituals. 
Kenneth has his. He did everything on his end. He just says they just didn't want to win. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope they did. And I know they, I know they did. Of course they wanted to win, but, and I know you're saying it in, in tongue in cheek there, Kenneth, but you know, you did your part. I felt like I did my part. The Hawk would have felt okay. and felt aligned. Just not a good day. Not a good day. Flocktimus Prime did nice for us though. He's got the out here. We're talking Keith Ketover. He says the only damage Russ did was with his rear end to Aaron Donald. This was, we knocked out Aaron Donald for a portion of the game where it was still a game. And then they still got lots of pressure and sacks, Brandon. That was the most frustrating part because you're you're watching and waiting, knowing that Donald has got to come back in. Like he can't be that injured by Russell Wilson's backside that he can't make it back into the game, can he? So you're thinking, okay, take advantage of the moments while Aaron Donald is out, and they just couldn't do it. No, not at all. But at the same time, Russ better thank his mama for a butt like that. And out from Dylan Mitchell, at Dylan Taze on Twitter, gives the out to Schottenheimer. His play calling completely directionless. Rhythm and creativity are two things this offense has been sorely missing for three weeks. Third and one run with Hyde, obvious run after catch play to DK, failure to set up play action. He's hindering us, giving him the out. Another out here from Jack Burdeen. This one's going to ring true for me. Out. Where the F is Carson on third down? That, again, with Brandon, how many weeks in a row we've talked about it now where it's like, why is Carson like the 20 to 20 guy? Why is the most valuable touches not going to Carson? We saw that again. All right, here's an in from Biscuit in the Discord. In. Um, I can't think of anything. Oh, that one-handed catch by Lockett. Dixon was decent, and Myers didn't miss. Yeah, let's give it to Lockett. That one-handed catch was awesome. Yeah, beautiful. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, man, do I sure wish Lockett got a couple more targets. Is one of those dudes. Uh, because you can just you know, throw the ball in his direction, and he will make magic happen at least once a game. Yeah, it was a lovely, that was a, and the beautiful, beautiful touch and just that, you know, beautiful cradle, one-handed job by, by Lockett. So again, like, like we have to hold on to these little nuggets because it's all we got for quite a bit. So we could rejoice in the, in those moments. Here's one. So Bloomy has been our closer the last couple of weeks, but this game, we kind of blew it. So Hong Kong Hawk, I'm not going to hang that on you and make you the closer. I think we've got another one queued up for that. However, Let's get let's get a little bit of your opinion out here. You say we're done, so start with an out. The biggest thing you say is out. Pete's wearing this one. It feels like the game is passing him by. Predictable and uncreative. He seems to be wasting Russ's prime. And the dumb press conference excuses deserve an out on their own. You had a lot of other things to say. We love it all. Thank you so much. But that was your top one for a reason. Brandon, any reaction to... Uh, to Bloomy calling out Pete on this one. Oh, we're going to be talking about Pete all off season. This is this is a consistent theme from Dave. I've been hammering him just in jest through the Facebook Ring of Honor group on Twitter. So this is this is the reaction that I understand. I understand people have this reaction of somebody must be to blame. Fire that person. I think it's unrealistic to expect that to happen. So it's not something that, I mean, we could talk about it and have a discussion around it. I just think it's kind of a waste of time. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be very difficult to, you know, fire the person who's, when you look at it and say it's 12 and four and all the playoff appearances. And on the other side of that, we, we talk sober again, raging Yang. This is going on a few too many years where we don't make a deep playoff run. 
And now, you know, Russ's the, the clock. This is the My Cousin Vitty. The biological clock is ticking here with Marissa, Marissa Tomei as starring Russell Carrington Wilson. That biological clock on the rest of his career is now officially ticking. It's going to be an interesting offseason, to say the least. Here's an out from Mark Antrobus at Mark underscore Antro. Out me repeatedly shouting, just throw the catfishing ball at the TV. I was right there with you, Mark. Brandon, I've got one to finish off on. It's a nice sentiment. Listen, listen there's a lot of folks we did not get to, uh, and, and thank you so much. So before we get to this last one, just want to queue up and say thank you to the flock. Brandon, thank you. You know, you you produced the show. You're the partner in crime. I think three and three out has taken some fun leaps and bounds this year. And from where it was a couple of years ago as, a, as an additional add-on blog, you know, blog to the Seahawkers pod to being its own thing now, just want to give some love to you, Brandon, and say thank you for all the time and the effort and being the being the co-pilot on this because it's, it's a ton of fun. It's been a fun year, Clinton. I, I definitely love where we've taken the show this year, especially because, you know, last year you and I, we, we were doing the show with the ins and the outs, but the contributions from the flock this year has been just a, a huge bonus to you and I doing the show to see how many people come in who are staying involved with this show each and every week. I, I'm going to miss this group in the offseason. Me too. You know, we had some great innovations in a year where we where we really needed them. We had the NBC, the most valuable cranny. We had the addition of the branded. And as you mentioned, we had just so many more people from the flock, whether they were coming in snail, snail mail, like we call it now via Twitter, the Discord, or the Seahawkers Pod Ring of Honor. Y'all showed up, y'all the real MVPs because you know, frankly, you, you feed the entire show anyway. Very often I go pick some of those ins and outs out of what, what you're all saying because you have some great thoughts and frankly, you could go do what I'm doing here. Brandon, on the other hand, is is the he's the magician. He's the he's the Wizard of Oz behind it all that that really strings it all together. Because if you heard everything I say, you'd be like, wow, why is this show 17 hours long? And Brandon would be like, because the dude doesn't shut up. You know, that that's why. However, I do want to land on one last in. This is from Ryan Peterson. He's at rryan911 on Twitter. He says, in to Clinton Bond and the Seahawkers pod for keeping us entertained throughout the season. Out to the Rams, into the future as it is bright. Three in, three out. Thanks, guys. So, Ryan, that, you know, you wrapped up, I think, my sentiment and Brandon's sentiment. So, right back at you. Thank you to all of you for an awesome season. Hey, it did not go the way we wanted it to go. We'd go 12 and four. We get the NFC West Championship banner, yet we want more. So let's, we're going to leave it there for this year. We promise you a three and three out season recap. We'll certainly look at the draft as that, that comes around as well. Everybody have an awesome off season. Just let's stay tight. Join the Seahawks pod ring of honor. Stay involved. Say hi on the discord. If you got my number, text me, tweet me, slide it to my DMs. Do whatever you got to do, Brandon. And with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. deflating Super Bowl loss to, oh, Jesus Christ, here I go. <laughs> what are we, 10 seconds in? I haven't even drank today. <laughs> You're crushing it. Yeah, yeah, great. I'm like, let's do a live show. Like, eh, you should probably <laughs> think about that, Clint.